All right. All right. Yeah. Hey, guys. What's up? I'm Nelson. Yeah, I've known him for a while. I just want to thank Sammy, like, always. Like, I thank him, like, I think every week just for um, having me, like, be a part of this. And, like, not only that, to just, like, push me in, like, directions where, like, I'm completely scared to do. Like, I'm completely scared to enter. So, um, again, just, like, give him some love. Like, give him some love right now because I'm not, I'm not here if it's not for God and his grace. And I'm not here because if it weren't for Sammy, just, like, pushing me to do these things also. So, um, go ahead. Yeah, just real quick, too. Thank you, Sammy, for always letting him beat you in basketball because oh. <laughs> I know that's just... 2-0 oh, last heart, night. That's the heart of a servant, heart of a pastor. So, oh, man, my gosh. Selfless, yeah. selfless. Uh, real quick, uh, I guess what we're talking about, we're going to be kind of going back and forth. Yeah. Uh, Nelson's going to be talking about this idea about the, the Good Shepherd from the perspective of the 99, and then later I'm going to cover it from the, the angle of the one. So just so you know where we're going and where we're heading here. So yes. take it away. Awesome. So today, right now, we're talking about the Good Shepherd, guys. Um, pull out your Bibles. Who, who brings Bibles still? Like, show them. Let's go. Okay, if you guys could um, flip to Psalm 23. Uh, we all know this psalm. We all hear it at funerals. We all hear it um, on, we see it on walls. We see it everywhere. People talk about it. It's in movies. Um, but it's actually a really important psalm. And it's, it's going to just change your life today. I really do believe that. I believe that, like, here at COIN, we don't, like, want people to come in to expect, like, some awesome music and some awesome preacher every time. Because we want people to expect Jesus to change their life. We want people to walk out of here, like, knowing, like, like, man, like, that message was full of Jesus Christ, and I'm not the same person like I was when I came in here. I want you guys to leave blessed and changed. So let's get into this. Uh, Psalm 23, let's go. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. We don't need anything in our lives, guys, when we have Jesus Christ. When he's the good shepherd and we're his sheep, we don't need anything. The Lord provides everything we need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it doesn't say like I chill there. It doesn't say that like I sit there and relax. It doesn't say that I like, you know, find other people in the valley and we all huddle together and hang out and do things together. We go to the bar, we do this, we do that. No, it's telling you that we walk through it with Christ. We walk through the valley. So I want to remind us right here, like, I'm, I'm just going as I go, guys. But do not stay in the valley. If you walked in tonight, and, like, I'm going to say this so many times tonight. I'm sorry. But if you're, like, in the valley of your life right now, you think there's, like, no way out of that, remember, like, if you seek the shepherd, you'll get out of it. He'll walk with you through it. So let's go to the next, let's go to the next one. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. So, I, I mean, like, you guys are pretty quiet after I said that. I mean, like, <laughs> we, you, you're going to be in the house of the Lord forever. Can I hear something? I want to hear something. 
look at sometimes like the truth kind of like just like shoots you in the face and you don't realize it, you know? You can hear like, you can hear something like, hey, you can come to church and be like, hey, I need, like, like, hey, I'm in need of some money, you know, or I'm in need of this and that. And you know what? Sometimes the truth is God's going to provide all that for you, you know? And sometimes we're just like, oh, like, that's not the answer I wanted to hear, though. Like, I wanted to, like, I wanted someone to, like, just hand me, like, 50 bucks, you know? But, like, no, nah, like, like, for real, if we put our trust in the shepherd, he provides. So the truth here, he is the good shepherd. That's the truth in our face today. And when we talk about the good shepherd, then what does that imply about us? That we are what? Sheep. We are his sheep. And again, guys, I want to just be very clear also. Um, if This will apply to those who are part of the 99. All right? The 99 are those who have chosen to follow Christ. And they've made that decision that he is their good shepherd. If you haven't made that decision yet, we'll worry about that later today. Promise. So, second verse, John 10. I don't know if it's up there or not, but I'm going to read it too. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and my own sheep, they know me. In the same way the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I put the sheep before myself, sacrificing myself as necessary. In other versions, it says, I will lay down my life for the sheep. I will go to the uttermost and my life, give my life up for the sheep. Now, like, that's, like, super theological if we get into it, but I have, like, a few minutes. I can't really get too deep into it. But look it. This is, four, this is the fourth I am statement. He says, I am the shepherd of seven I am statements in the Bible. I want to say them all real quick because I want you guys to actually go home, do some homework. Find out what, he, what, we, what it says about Jesus Christ and his personality. Because God isn't just some, you know, person in the, some, some, some thing in the sky that we just, like, talk about. You know, he became a person named Jesus. He died on the cross for our sins. He had a personality. He had character. He had things he liked. He had people that didn't like him. But he, it says that, it says all the way back there on, in Psalm 23, he is my shepherd. So when someone is my shepherd, it's not like he's distant. He's not like he's, you know, somewhere far away. No, he's like, he's right next to me. Uh, you, can know, you can know God, guys. I just want you guys to know that. Like, if you don't think you know, like, if you think that you're far from God and, you, you know, you think you don't know him, like, I just want you to know God reaches out every single time for you. He wants to know you. He wants to, like, he wants you to pray. He wants you to, like Sammy was saying earlier, like, fasting, praying, all those things will bring us closer to God. And so the I am statements, he says, I am the bread of life, a bread that sustains physical life. So Christ offers and sustains spiritual life. He says, I am the bread. I am the light of the world. He says, to a world that's lost in darkness, Christ offers himself as the guide. Three, he says, I am the door. So he is the door for the sheep. So in, in that passage I was reading right before that, he says that he is the door for the sheep. But we're talking about the shepherd. Um, fourth, he says, he is the resurrection. And the life. Five, he says, I am the good shepherd. That's what we're going to talk about. Um, six, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he says. And seven, finally, he says, I am the true vine. So, guys, I, 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 you don't have to write them down, but look that up. It's super cool. Today, we're just talking about the shepherd. And here's, here's what I want to highlight. And I've already highlighted it, but it's like, Jesus is telling us right there in John 10, like, I... 
I'm not like he. It doesn't make sense. He's not making sense. He says that he, as the good shepherd for his sheep, he says he will leave the ninety-nine for the one, and he's willing to die for that one sheep. He's willing to die for them. So God, like, like think about that today. Like, think about it, because t- t- later tonight, I want to I wanna nail this into our heads, that God is willing to literally go to the ends of his life for one of us. If it were just us, he would be down to go through the gospel and do everything he did in the gospel, be born the way he was born, go to the cross, and die for our sins. He was willing to do that. Like, uh, why is everyone so quiet? Like, that's awesome. I don't get it. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> And so tonight, in application, guys, like, if you are chasing the wrong things in life, like, I want to, like, redirect your path a little bit. I want to, like, say, like, if you're going this way, let's go straight to, to the good shepherd. So if you're chasing things in life, like, you know, the, 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 the right situations in your life, sometimes we think the right situations in life or the right things in life are, like, uh, seeking school. Like, oh, like, I'm going to school. Like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get my degrees, my bachelor's, my bachelor's, bachelor's, my master's, my, you know, you know, like Kanye says, you know. Or I'm going to go, um, you know, I'm going to, you know, have a business. Or I'm going to, like, you know, pursue all these different things, which are great. But when they take place of the shepherd and you don't stay close to the shepherd, you're going to get skewed. I promise you, you're going to get skewed and things are going to go in disarray. So remember, chase Jesus. Simple as that. Chase Jesus. Because here's the thing, like, Jesus is the one that gives you your identity in the first place. So when, because when I, when I chase those things, when I chase money, when I chase fame, or when I chase whatever, like, I end up comparing myself to other people. I end up comparing myself to that person. I end up swiping through Instagram and, like, being like, oh, dang, I got, like, 40 likes. What the heck? And he got, like, 1,000. You know, it's never going to be enough. It's always going to be rolling, you know? I'm so, did you guys know, like, Instagram's getting rid of likes? Like, let's curl, clap for that, <laughs> right? So, like, guys, like, when we, when we seek those things, those things affect us in life. Those affect us big time. We end up being in those, what they call, holes in life, in those valleys, right? Depression, anxiety, not feeling good enough, um, not feeling like you've made it in life, whatever it is. And, I, and God wants to tell you right now, like, no, like, I am the good shepherd. You're my sheep. Like, that's your identity. Yeah, sheep aren't the smartest you know, like animals in the world. But you know what? Like with, with God looking over us, like there's nothing wrong that can happen to us. So when someone goes up to me and says, hey, Nelson, like you talk too much. Or like, oh, Nelson, you're like kind of mean. Or like, Nelson, this or that. It's like, I don't care. Like God's, had, God's given me my identity. Like I don't care. You know, he made me the way I am. I mean, within reason, obviously. And you know, like Christian, Christian today, sheep today, the 99 today, if you're going through a tough time, know that he's the shepherd. If the, if the times are rolling, for me, like, times are rolling. They're good. I'll be honest. But I'm not going to get attached to that. I'm not going to get married to that. I'm not going to, like, rely on that. Because you know why? It could change. It could change in an instant. And you know what? As Christians, when we're going through hard times, we're the only people in the world that will make it look cool, in a sense. We'll make it look fine. I could be going through like the as a Christian, I could be going through the craziest thing, but if I have the shepherd, if I'm looking to the shepherd, I'm chasing the shepherd. I'm gonna make it look different than when people who don't have the shepherd. I'm gonna make it look better. All right, I have. I know. I know. You know what? Today, my my old my ex pastor. I love him, Casey. I love you, man. Thank you for being here. Love you. He's going. He, he's just telling me things he's going through, and it's like you know what? 
he makes it, he makes it look like, like to me, I, I see someone who's just fighting and chasing the shepherd. Ever since I went to Bridgetown, I, like, I didn't think I had this in me. I didn't think I could do this. I didn't think I could do any of it. But because of Casey, it's like, whoa, like just watching his life, he's gone through so much. He's been through so many different things. And I'm like, what the heck? Why am I complaining? Why am I scared of just standing up somewhere and saying something that's truth anyway? Right? So thank you, Casey. Thank you for doing that. Someone who chased the shepherds right there. So, yeah, guys. I don't know how much time I have left, but we're going to keep going, all right? So sheep, all right? Sheep, like I said, they, they're, they're pretty dumb. They just should just follow the shepherd and do what they should do. But we, we, we kind of we go away. Yeah, we, we walk away. And so if it's a relationship that makes you walk away, are you with that person? I don't know, someone here maybe? I don't know. Is someone with, in a wrong relationship with someone that is causing you to wander away? Because sheep, we're so dumb. Like, we're literally like, we're like, you know, we're like eating grass, and we're looking down, and then we end up like so far away from the shepherd. We end up so far away from the shepherd, we look up and we're like, where's the, where's the fellowship of the sheep? Where's the shepherd? Right? So, so is, is it a relationship? Is it a, a person in your life that just keeps like, Pulling you away from the shepherd? Or is it a situation? Is it something that you're a part of or something that you have created that's causing you to move away from the shepherd? I want you guys to think about these things tonight. Because sometimes, here's the thing though, sometimes we're, like I said, we're led into the, to the light or the shadows, right? But it shouldn't matter. As the 99, God's, you got to trust Him sometimes. Sometimes it's of our own doing, though. Sometimes it's of our own doing, but sometimes it's because of, of just life, right? Like, sometimes God, but he's, the thing is, like, God's with us in it, though. I, like, I just can't, like, get over that. Like, he just wants to walk through that with me. Like, I don't, it's crazy to me. And so, um, another point, I think you guys should write this down. Um, when we chase the shepherd, when we follow the shepherd, um, know there's security in that. We have the ultimate security, like, ADT, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, when we're chasing, it's, it's, all, it's all Psalm 23. It's all Psalm 23. We don't care what people say about us. We're, sat, we're, we're complete in Christ. Um, and, you know, you could take that to the bank always. Like, you can... You can mail it in. Like, I can mail that in, take it to the bank. It's going to get paid for. Jesus Christ, like, paid the ultimate price for us on the cross. And as the good shepherd, I, I, I have no other choice but to follow him. That's it. Um, I have two, like, quick points, but they're not quick. Um, and I pray, and I'm, also, I'm honestly praying. Like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm doing double time right now. I'm praying for those out there, like, if you don't know the shepherd, if you don't, like, if you don't, if you don't have a reason to, like, live, maybe. If you don't have a reason to, like, if you come here, like, to just, like, see if maybe there's, like, some light of hope or, or some, something, you know, looking for someone to talk to. I want you guys to know, like, like God can do that for you. Um, and I pray, like, by the end of this night, like, you just, like, realize that. 
And we're going to have an opportunity for you guys to, like, know who, who God is. And if you want to make that decision, I just want you to prepare your heart already. I'm sorry. I'm just excited about that. Yeah. So number one, the shepherd always corrects. Proverbs 3.11. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As the father, as a father, the son he delights in. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. That's, that was written weird. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Do you read that? Did you, did you guys catch that? You are illegitimate children and not sons. So, I love it, like, when, like, people, like, get told, like, A, like, like, they get corrected, like, and, and, they're, and they, like, react in, like, the, the worst way. They're, like, oh, oh, like, what do you mean, like, and they get all defensive. Oh, like, you're just hating on me, like, what? Like, no, you have no basis. But it's, like, no, like, when you actually are following the good shepherd, you're not going to, like, push or get defensive or, or call people haters. You're not going to say that. You're going to accept it because you know why? Because it says that the Lord rebukes his children, yeah. And know this. If he loves you, just know this. If he loves you, he corrects you, just like a parent, right? Like my dad growing up, like when I would do something wrong, he would be like, yo, Nelson, like I love you, man, but you just punched a hole in the wall, bro. All right, go to the tree, pick a branch, come back, I'm going to hit you with it. All right? I don't understand why he, like, at the, at the time, I'm like, man, like, oh, like, I'm so mad. But it's like, he loves me so much, he wants to teach me a lesson, and he does it. And I learned. I never did it again. And sometimes in life, like, like we, James is going to talk about this more, but it's like, we, like, we, we tend to just, like, do the same thing over and over again. And I'm like, why are we doing the same thing over and over again? Like, why are we in that same relationship over and over again? Why are we doing those things? I don't get it. Like, if we understood and read our Bibles, like, doesn't it plainly say, like, like he's going to correct you? Why do we keep doing those things? I don't understand. But it's like the world, and I get it. The world's tough. It's like, it's, 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 it entices us, right? And so I do kind of get it, but I don't. And here's the thing, like, when we don't allow God to correct us, we don't, allow, we don't allow, let alone maybe, like, a pastor to correct us or a leader to correct you or even your own friend to correct you, what ends up happening is God labels, not labels you, but he's just like, hey, like, like I can't use you. I can't put you in positions to teach. I can't put you in positions of leadership because the, the God has called us to love him and know him, but he's also called us to, like, make, go out on all the nations, right, and make disciples. Go and make disciples of all nations, Acts 1-8, right? So he's called us to actually share the gospel with other people. But if, he, but if we're not, like, willing to, like, like, learn under the shepherd, be an apprentice of the shepherd, like, you know, like John Mark Homer says, then, like, he's not going to use us. It's that simple, you know? And, like, I don't want to be on the sidelines. I don't want to be on, like, a bench. Like, like I don't want to play on a basketball team and never play. Like, I'm going to listen to the coach. I'm going to work on my shot. I'm going to get skinnier, you know. If he, if he says if I get skinnier and I'm going to play, then, then I'll do it. So that, that's how it is with God. It's like we need to, like, listen to him, heed him. Because, look, at the end of the day, he's not, for, he's not against us. He's for us. And if it's like someone saying it to you 
and you, and you know they're following God, they're not doing it because he's against us. He's doing it because they're for us. Okay? So no, remember that, guys. Whew. So God is so good, he can, like, honestly use, like, it's crazy. He can use, like, any situation, though, to, like, move us into the right direction. A hardship, a difficult time, a word from a friend, like I was just saying. Um, there could be storms in your life. It's just like the storm is, is, is going and the path is there to Christ and the storm's going. And you know what? The storm sometimes can just clear your way to Christ. You just have to go through it sometimes. That's just life, right? And like just, we just have to walk through it. We have to walk through it knowing like God's a good shepherd, God's a good shepherd, God's a good shepherd. And stay in fellowship, follow the good shepherd. I guess you can write this down. It's like a one-liner. Sensitive Christians lead to inactive, inactive. Sensitive Christians lead, lead to inactive followers. Yeah, I stole that one from Carl Lentz. God's not looking for like, God's not looking for the next big thing. He's looking for like the next humble thing. Yeah, he's looking for the next person who's going to be uh, contrite in heart, who's going to be, like, humble, who's going to love people, who's going to care about people, who's going to invest in people's lives. Because if, if you just want to, like, do music to do music and just look cool, then, like, like that's not the heart God wants, and he'll put you out of that. If you want to just go to church so you can show other people, like, on Instagram that you're going to church, God's going to, like, mess with you. promise you. Yeah. I'm just telling you straight up, like, you know, if you're doing things for the wrong intentions, like, like, God is not going to honor that. So, like, let's, let's be a people who, who, who seek the shepherd, who, who follow his direction, who, who are okay with him um, chastising us through leaders, maybe, that corrects us because we are his true sons and daughters. Um, I'm actually going to end there and let you come up, James. I'm sorry. And I'll finish part two, Jesus the Shepherd Protects. Can we give it up for Nelson? This guy's been my brother for I don't know how many years, and it's pretty cool to do this with him. Um, we've had some, like, really deep talks, and kind of brainstorming this together was, was a lot of fun, so uh, also challenging. Uh, we've, we also got iPads so we can talk. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's on the screen here, but I'm going to be talking about the one, and we're going to start with Matthew 18:12. We got it? Cool, okay. Uh, it says, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountain and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the, over the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these, that one of these should, little ones should perish. And I really like this. We're talking about the, the idea that the shepherd leaves the 99 for the one and how ridiculous and how crazy that is. But specifically, I like this one because it says he leaves the 99 on the mountains. And I like that the fact is the mountains represent what they signify is a, a closeness to God. So the 99 are close to God. He leaves us, right? Jesus, you could say this is a shepherd, leaves us close to God, and he goes and chases the one. And if he's chasing the one, then that means that one is literally somewhere on the mountain, somewhere else on the mountain, or off the mountain. Right? And God routinely met people, if we look in the Bible, he routinely met people uh, on the mountain. If we look at Abraham, we look at Moses, we look at Elijah, even Jesus went up to the mountain to pray 
in, uh, in the Mount of Olives to spend intimate time with God. So this place on the mountain for the 99 is an intimate place, right, if you get that. Um, so tonight, as I'm talking, just picture us in the mountains, okay? Um, do you, any of you guys like going hiking? You guys I see a hand of hikers here. You guys ever go hiking with someone who's never been on that trail, and uh, they get the bright idea to start, like, wandering off somewhere else? And you're like, wait, where are you going? You don't, you don't know where we're going, like, right? How ridiculous is that? The thing is, you're wandering. What you do when you're wandering is you're basically saying to the guide, and in this case, Jesus is the guide. You're basically saying to the guide, I don't trust the path that you're on. Or I know a better path to go. I know a better path. And the, the problem or the issue that happens when we go down paths that are not our own are we run into a bunch of possibilities. We can step into places that we don't know are stable or not, right? We can go down trails where we have no idea where they lead. We can uh, risk injury and then not be able to call for help. We can get lost, as Grandma Liz says, not know how to get back because we've never been on the trail. We don't know. And we can even run out of food or water. And the worst, I think, uh, we can all agree on this one, you can expose yourself to wildlife, right? Lions, bears, snakes, spiders, whatever. This, these are all possibilities that, that uh, become reality when we go down the path that's not the one that the guide is leading us on, right? Why do we do this? You ever ask yourself that? I think all of us could say at one point or another that we have done some type of wandering. Maybe it's just a couple steps off the path just to see, like, what's over there, right? Or maybe other people have literally gone off the map. They've gone on the map. That's real, right? And again, as I said, if Jesus is our guide and us leaving the trail, that's basically saying, Jesus, I don't trust what you've got from my life. I, I've, got, I've got a better way. I've got a better road. So I'm going to talk about two different people here tonight who embody the one. Okay? You guys are with me with regards to the one. Um, if you are the one, that, that means you, were, you are part of the 100. Can we say that? You were at one time with the 99. And why did you leave if you are the one? Maybe you thought, oh, the grass is greener on the other side. And if we're talking about sheep, that perfectly applies, right? Um, but in, in like today's context, it might be like, oh, I'd much rather do that thing. Or I'd much rather be with that person. Or I'd much rather do those things. I want what I want for my life, not what God for, has for my life. Or uh, I don't trust God. I don't trust this path. I've got a better path, so I'm going to go this way, right? I was reading about sheep, right, because we're talking about sheep um, a lot this week. You know, sheep can almost see 360 degrees with their eyes. They can see basically behind them. They can see about 300 degrees. Uh, but the thing is, their, their vision is so bad. Like, you think, just because I can see around me, I have good vision. No, they have terrible vision. They literally cannot see what's right in front of their nose. Right? And I think that's, what, that's a lot like humans today. That's like us, right? We see all the, the great things around us, but a lot of times we don't see what's literally right in front of our nose. And that can be uh, God's blessings, or that can be danger. Either way. And with the sight, with the sight of the sheep, they have really bad depth perception. So if we're thinking with humans, 
and sheep, like you might step into something that is actually a little deeper than you thought. And that depth, that depth perception can cause you to trip, right? It can cause you to fall. And that's where we get in trouble. Because if you've drifted and you trip and you fall, there's no one to help you up, right? And there's no one to warn you, hey, like, watch out, watch out, watch out. And when we drift from community, when we drift from the 99, when we drift from the shepherd, we're in no man's land. And usually, I would say always, the result of this or the cause of this is sin, right? Because sin is, by definition, sin by definition causes a separation from God. So I, I, you have to show me if there's a one who's ever drifted without it being a result of sin. That's often the case. Um, we got another verse here, 1 Peter 5.8. It says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. We're in the mountains still, right? You ever go, like, being warned about hiking in the mountains and be, like, see a sign about mountain lions? Scary, right? The lion, by nature, stalks its prey, right? Which means they're watching the whole time. And they go after the outliers. They go after the, the sheep or, or the animal, but specifically the sheep that's all by itself, right? In today's term, maybe that's the guy or girl who's living in isolation. ISO mode, we always call it, right? Mellow. Mellow. But, but the reason why you're in ISO mode is because you're living the way you want, right? And you don't want anyone else around to tell you that that's not the way to live. And you've been doing it for so long that you think, hey, I'm getting by, okay, fine. Like, I'm fine here. Like, why do I need to come back to the flock? Like, life's okay. I got everything I want. But what you don't know is the lion has been stalking you, has been watching you the whole time. And there's news for you. The lion's coming. And some of us think we can tame the lion. Some of us think that we can tame the lion. We realize how crazy that is. Like, <laughs> I don't know anyone who can tame a lion. I, but I'll tell you, I know some of you have tried to tame the lion. And I will be honest, I have tried to tame the lion in the past too. And, and there's, it's a... It's a it's a no-win situation. We're no match for the lion. I was living on the edge at one time, and I thought I had enough ammo to defend the enemy against his attacks, right? But what that eventually leaves you on is kind of cornered with your back against the wall or at the edge of a cliff. And you're forced to make two decisions. One, do I let this lion overtake me? Do I just give up? Or do I try to fight? But if you've been part of the, the hundred, you know you can't beat this lion by itself. You can't fight this lion by yourself. So what do you do? Hey, Nelson, help me out. Right? No. Can't. Pastor Sammy, help me out. 
Help me with this line. Mm -mm. Your friends, your pastor, your family, none of these people can save you. There's only one person who can save you. Right? Jesus. Jesus is literally the only person who can save you from the lion. And, and it's, it's going to take a while. It's going to take some, some lungs if you're this far away from the shepherd. Jesus. No. You got to yell, Jesus! Jesus! And what he's going to do, he's going to leave the 99. He's going to run. He's going to run to you ASAP. He's going to run with all his might. And you know what, though? Sin has a consequence. Right? So he's running to you, but by the time he gets to you, you might already be bruised. You might already be broken. You might have blood covered all over you. Right? Cuts, scrapes, scratches, torn to shreds. And why? Maybe you thought, I deserve this. I, I, I don't deserve to call Jesus. I'm way over here. And, and you just let the, the lion kind of Go at you until you realize, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Maybe, maybe you are, are struggling with, uh, you're on life support, really, like emotionally and spiritually. And you realize, like, I'm no match. I thought I could fight this lion, but I can't do it. I can't do it. I tried to get my friends to help me. They can't do it. I tried to just have my friends pray for me. No, they can't do it. Pastor, I'm talking to you. Help me get through this. No. Jesus is our shepherd. Jesus is the only one that can fight the, the lion. Other sheep can't beat a lion. You throw one sheep there, no match. Two sheep, no, sorry. It's just more that are going to get slaughtered. And I would just, side note here, keep in mind, when you try to rescue your friends, you can't. You can't rescue your friends. As much as we love them, as much as we love our family and friends, we can't rescue people. Not to say that we can't be there for them, that we can't pray for them, that we can't try to call them back. But keep in mind, like, it's not on us. You might be lost, beat up. You think you're too wild, too messed up. You think you're not clean enough. Maybe you feel like you're a black sheep and then you're, you're with a, a flock full of white sheep. I'm not going to fit in, you might think to yourself. I'm going to stick out. But that's exactly what you don't realize is that's exactly how Jesus wants you. Jesus wants you that way because that's going to show everybody else the redemption of him. That's going to point to Jesus. When they see that outlier back with a 99, people are going to say, why is that one back? And, and the only thing you can do is point to the shepherd, Right? So I, I, I want a lot of you, first of all, to realize that God wants to rule in your favor. And a lot of us will put, will put on the hat of the prosecutor. And we'll put ourselves on trial. And we're prosecuting ourselves. Not that the devil doesn't already do that. But we're, we're like joining the, the bar here. And we're, we're throwing attacks at ourselves saying that, that we're no good. Right? And, and I want us to realize, to, I want us to stop looking at past mistakes, not current mistakes, because current mistakes need to be, still need to be addressed. But stop looking at your past mistakes as disqualification and condemnation 
And instead, look at them daily if you need to as reminders of who Jesus is and who you are not. You are no longer that person. And that, what that does is it will start the process of reconciliation and sanctification, which is the process of being holy. And you're not going to get there tomorrow. You're not going to get there next week. But it's a process, right? You can't get on that process if you don't get back on the path, right? Uh, Romans 8, 31 through 39, it's a chunk. I'm going to read it fast, but it is, it is important that we understand this. <clears throat> says, so what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? The devil. Right? Who would dare even point a finger the devil. The one who died for us, who is Jesus, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. He's, ruling, he's trying to rule in our favor. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in scripture. None of these things are going to keep us from God's love. They could kill us in cold blood because they hate you. They hate Jesus. We're sitting ducks. They picked us off one by one. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Is it any more clear than that? And that's for the drifter. That's an encouragement to say, hey, you got to come back. Jesus loves you where you're at, but he wants you back. That is the one. But there's also another one. The drifter and then the repeat offender. Maybe you have been back, but then you went away, and then you went back, and then you, you went away, and you went back. And you know what you've done? You've started to, to carve a trail down the back of the mountain to your favorite spot, your favorite person, your favorite group to do the things that you want to do, to live the way you want to live, and when you feel like it or when you feel bad, you come back to the 99. Hey, guys. I'm sorry, man. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to do better, you know. Uh, I'm trying, you know, I'm just trying to do my best. And then two weeks later, you're over here, you know. And what do you do? What do you, like, people do when they continue to come back? You hear, what do you hear from them? You hear excuses. Oh, you know, I was just going through a tough time, and I just had to, like, drown myself in this or, like, wrap myself in this. But I'm back. I'm good. It's different this time. But all that's going to do, I mean, you can continue doing that. I mean, again, I can't change you. I can't save you. But here's the thing. You continue to do that, you're going to do nothing less than live a second-class life, less than what God has desired or designed you to live. 
You agree? And also, when you're out here, you leave your expel, your, yourself exposed to the lion. Right? Again, you're still part of the hundred. So here you're good, and here you're not. And at some point, guess what? The enemy is watching you. He's studying your habits, and he knows, oh, I know this person likes to go down this path every single time. And he's just waiting to pick you off. And you know what excuses are? Here's the thing with excuses. Sometimes excuses are just lies with a mask. So when we give excuses, we're just lying to ourselves. Because we're telling ourselves, oh, I'm okay. Things are good, right? I'm okay. There's no problem here. And the truth is, like, whether you're the drifter or whether you are the repeat offender or the 99, the bottom line is this. We're never going to be good enough, right? We are never going to be good enough. So don't try to get good before you come back to Jesus, Because it's not going to happen. You'll be waiting out there forever. I want you to ask yourself this tonight. Am I going to be all in or not? Because this is not all in. This is all in. And if he is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all, which means something or someone is above God. That's your God. That's your God. So whichever boat you're in, the bottom line is, like, you need to come back. I hope we've, we've hammered that point home, that you need to come back. Do you guys ever get a text message from someone? And you're reading it, and you're like, what the? Like, dang, what's with this person? Like, this kind of aggressive, or why is it so short? Or why do they say it like that? And then you start getting upset with the person, or like thinking like, man, I, I'm, I'm kind of bothered. And, and what, what it is is like, it's the tone. You didn't understand the tone because it was just in text. And I think a lot of times we, as Christians, as people, have misunderstood the idea or the word grace. The word is in our text. It's in our Bible. We hear it in church all the time. It's a a Christian buzzword, if you think about it. What does it really mean? And I think we sing about it, but a lot of us haven't really truly experienced what it looks like, what it feels like. And what we have seen is like the human off-brand version of it. Right? Which is, oh, like... We'll accept you. We love you as long as you're, like, you're good and everything's, everything's okay. Everything's kind of put together. But the minute you go back out there, like, dude, we're over you. Like, talk to us when you clean up or get better. That's not grace. And, yeah, we're humans. Like, we're not perfect. But the idea is that is not grace the way God defined it. Okay? And we're going to talk about this. I'm going to call Nelson up here. Um. The idea is we are saved by grace, right? Grace is, is getting uh, something that you don't deserve. And none of us deserve God's love. None of us deserve to be chased after, after we've wandered off the path or the mountain for the 200th time. 
Maybe the first time, maybe the second time, but after a while, don't you think all of us would be like, ah, forget that sheep. Like, they're a lost cause. Let them get eaten. No, literally, every single time we call for Jesus, Jesus will come to us. He will run to us, right? Grace is God's love in action toward us who deserve the opposite of love. Grace means God moving heaven and earth to save people who could not lift a finger to save themselves. We know we can't save ourselves. Grace means God sending his only son to descend into hell on the cross so that, the, that we guilty ones might be reconciled to God and received into heaven. This is the heart of Jesus. This is grace, right? Open hands and open hearts. And that's what we want to do here. We are for the one. And I was the one. So, like, for me, that is that much more important. Don't say that I'm coming here from a, and, and talking about the one from a lecturing standpoint because I spent years of my life in the past way out here. Way out here. And, and it's only by God's grace that I, I was not devoured by the lion. But I got some scratches. I got some cuts. I got some scabs from the blood. But I'm here today. And if I'm here today, then all you guys can be here today as well, right? Take Let's it. go. So, guys, um, I don't have a lot of time, but look at point number two is the good shepherd is always going to protect us. You can come back and forth, but when you've believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as your shepherd, like he's always going to welcome you back with open arms. And um, in the parable of the, uh, the good shepherd, it's like Jesus talking to some people, but the Pharisees are there also. And the Pharisees, they didn't really get it. Like, they really didn't. Like, when Jesus says that I leave the 99 for the one, I lay my life down for the one, they didn't get it. And a lot of times, maybe, like, we don't get it. Like, you, you come here, and you hear this, and that he's willing to do it just for me. Really? Pharisees are like, nah. Like, we have, to, we have to earn it. We have to know this. We have to know that. No, God doesn't care about that, really. He just wants your heart. He wants you to accept the gift that he's given you. And so as, as the 99 right now, guys, the parable lays it out for us. And, he, and Jesus is really like, I feel like telling us right now, like, I want you guys to get it clearly. Like, I want you guys to get it. My, like, my concern for you, for you, the 99, it never changes. Like, my concern for you, it can't ever change. And that is that I will lay down my life for you guys to the uttermost. For the one person. For the one. I will... Lay down my life. Uh, Toby, Ben, you guys can come up. We think, we think, we think if Jesus, you know, died for like 100,000 people, like, oh, like it was worth it. Like it was worth it. But no, in our economy, like we, that's how we think. But really, like God's economy makes no sense. He says, he says, I laid down for one, one person. He goes through everything he's gone through just for you. If it was literally only you. So that is, that's like theology. Like that is the gospel. That's the heart of the gospel, guys. Um, he gladly leaves them for us. And so it never entered his mind like anything else. It never entered his mind like, oh, I'm going to die for two. Like I'm not going to do it. Never. He always had the plan to die for one, if that. 
But no, he died for everybody. And he died, not only that, not only did he die for everyone, he he's personally wants to know every single one of us. He's the good shepherd. He's my shepherd. He wants a relationship with me. Do you have a name? We all have names, right? And, you know, God gave, he gave us his name. His name is Yahweh, you know. And he's, he's the I am. He's everything for us. He's everything to us. He is the, the good shepherd. And, and these are attributes. I know James. I know Sammy. I know their character. I know, their, I know everything about them. I'm close to them. Jesus wants to be close to us. Jesus wants us to know him. And so I want to just extend an invitation. We're going to play a song. We're going to play a quick song. And here's the thing, guys. If you feel like you are part of the 99 and you feel like you've kind of like gone off, off like track, off track, and like you, you want to like just get right with God, like I want to challenge you tonight. Like, like in your heart, ask him right now. During this song, I want you guys uh, ask him right now, like God, like is there anything in my, like I've fallen away. I'm like far away or I'm like, I'm just not in the fellowship. Like seek your heart out right now guys and, and if God is speaking to you in your heart I want you guys to come up here come up here and redirect your path we all need it we've all gone through it no one's like it's no shame like why would there be shame for you to come up here God says he's willing to go to the uttermost for us for the one so I want you guys to like really like just close your eyes right now close your eyes please and lay your and just put your head down and just think about what he's done for us. The plans he has for our life. God, God, God's grace is amazing. He, he, he picked us up when, when we were just messed up and, and he's willing to take us like that. But he he's also loves us so much he's not willing to leave us like that, guys. And so tonight, just come up here. Come up here if you need to re redirect your path. Go ahead, Toby. Toby.